everybody. Welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Chris, and we have got a one-on-one-on-one trivia show here for you tonight. Let's start off in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Tim, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? Chris, I am doing well myself. Uh, I am drinking some, uh, as as, uh, Bobby Boucher would say, some uh, high-quality H2O. (laughs) Um, Just drinking a nice, good old jug of water here sorry about that and uh i'm doing well how about yourself uh, i have been sick now for a week it's been a great week as you can tell my voice is going uh, but this does sound a lot better than it did when we were supposed to record sports trivia last week because i can actually talk this week i'm hoping well, that's though, good i'm hoping that this tasty beverage helps me out i am working my way my goal my new goal is to have a beer from every state in the U.S. So I'm working my way through the U.S., and I figured I had to stop in Brooklyn, New York, for uh, one of their Brooklyn lagers. This year, uh, the Brooklyn lager this year is a Happy Amber Lager from Brooklyn from Brooklyn Distillery. Uh, not Distillery, Brooklyn Brewery. Uh, I've had it before. It's a really solid beer. I'm looking forward to it. Let's see. Sounds great. Yeah, Brooklyn's awesome. Do I sound better yet? I was kind of hoping the beer would help. <laughs> no, we need beer for that to happen. Well, Mike, uh, wh- how are you doing and what are you drinking then? Uh, Chris, I've had an interesting evening. Uh, about 30 minutes ago, my internet line got cut, as you guys know. So uh, my voice is fine, but if I, if I come in a little rough, it's because I'm on my phone instead of uh, online like usual. But um, I'm doing okay. Other than that, I did take a little bit of a blow to my self-esteem earlier tonight. Uh, I was, we were outside playing with the girls after dinner in the backyard, and they wanted to blow some bubbles. I was blowing some bubbles, and I tried to blow one, and it popped as soon as it came out of the thing. And right away, Abby goes, that was a fail, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, tonight's trivia game will give me a little bit of a self-esteem boost. And even if it doesn't, I've got a 9.2% ABV beer that will make me not care. Uh, this wow. is uh, from the, the Yellow Hammer Brewing out of Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, Chris, we definitely have uh, several great Alabama beers for you to uh, fill uh, your states with. But since I think you're going for bottle caps, one of the caveats is they're pretty much all cans. But this is actually a very good uh, beer. It is uh, the Frankenhammer Belgian-style dark ale. Really good. That actually sounds right up my alley, though. I'm not going to lie. You you I think you'd like this beer. It's like I said, it's Belgian style, so I really love me a good Belgian. Well, I've crossed now three states off of my list for bottle caps. I have got five more individual states that I've identified that I've already bought the beers for, so I'm doing pretty well. I know there's going to be some that are going to be damn near impossible to find. I don't know how many breweries there are in Wyoming, or yep. how much is actually distributed from Hawaii to the states or to the continental U.S. But I will find Does one. Count? Kona is actually not from Hawaii. I, I picked one up when I was at a Total Wine. I'm like, this might actually count for Hawaii. It's not actually from Hawaii. Yeah, that's interesting. You can knock. I know you can knock out Mississippi with Lazy Magnolia. I try to. I try to really? pick breweries that I haven't heard of. So if I do see that, I will try it. Uh, but gentlemen, we've Kona, got a Kona is headquartered in Hawaii, but sir. it's not brewed in Hawaii. Mm. The bottles I picked up were not brewed in Hawaii. Maybe the, that particular one, but they definitely do brew in Hawaii. Yeah, I'm going to be kind of a stickler about this until I can't find one. No, you got to okay. be a purist, man. I, re- I respect you uh, maintaining the integrity of the map. Well, I looked at the can. 
there were two different brewery locations listed. There's an East Coast one and a West Coast one, and neither one of them were in Hawaii. So I decided, nope, this doesn't count. So I threw the can in the trash, yelled at the store clerk for wasting my time, and stormed out of there. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we are going to be playing our regular game tonight. So the way this works, for those of you who don't know, is we've got two rounds of trivia, nine questions per round. Uh, for the first, the rounds are split up evenly. So the first round is going to be all geek chic. That's the t- that's the uh, the category we're going with here. Questions one through five, standard trivia, lock in rules apply. Question six, a multiple part answer. There are four answers. Each correct answer is worth five points. Question seven is your quotations question. We'll give you a quote. You tell us who said it. Question eight is your decades question. If you get the right decade, you get ten points. If you get the right year, you get a bonus three points. Question nine is, of course, our closest to the pin challenge. All questions but question six are worth 10 points apiece. Gentlemen, are we ready? Let's do it. I was born ready. All right. Well, I was told there's a sucker born every minute. We have three of them here. Let's see how we do. Question number one. What is the second element on the periodic table of elements? I can lock in. You've both locked in? Yes. We are. I have never taken chemistry in my life. I know. That's what I was that's why I was amused. Like Tim and I locked in right away and it's gonna be on Chris. Yeah. So I don't know what the organizational organizational structure here is. Uh I'm wondering if maybe it goes like lightest to heaviest, because I think the although the newer ones I thought were on the end. So maybe it's a gas at the beginning. So I believe helium is the lightest. I believe hydrogen is the most abundant. You know what? If helium is lighter than hydrogen, I'm going to go with uh, hydrogen as the second as the number two. Sure. Uh, Mike, what did you say? Tell me what I got wrong. Uh, Chris, you are you're extremely close. Uh, it is. I don't know if it's organized lightest to heaviest per se. It's organized by the number of. Um, I think it's protons. Is that right? But anyway, uh, so. hydrogen, hydrogen is number one. Helium oh. is number two. So you got them back. You got them backwards. All right, Tim, what'd you have? I also locked in with helium using that same logic. And I think lithium is number three. Lithium, wow. beryllium, boron. No, I got to three and that's better than I did in <laughs> chemistry. So I had it memorized at one point many, many years ago. Well, helium is a correct answer. Tim and Mike get the points. Chris is a cellar dweller. We're moving on to question number two. Question number two, what is heavier, gold or silver? And I will lock in. I will lock in. Mike, talk it out. Hey, I'm, I'm going right back to the periodic table and trying to picture uh, those two elements. Um, and I want to say that gold is on the row below silver. And since, even though I think they're organized by, not necessarily by weight, I, there, there's only a few variations where, there's only a few instances where they're not completely by atomic weight. So I'm going to say gold. All right. So I, I just, I go back to being in, in high school and like trying to figure out which necklace I was going to buy with like my third paycheck. Um, and I had a gold one in one hand and a silver one in the other. And I could swear the gold was a little bit heavier, although there's probably no way to tell in that. It could just be the fact that I had, it might have been a bigger chain. I don't know, but I went gold. Tim. And I did the same. I I think, I mean, I don't know about any exceptions, but I think it's pretty much a general rule that the further down you go on the periodic table, the heavier it is. 
Um, so I went with gold. Fat bottom gold that makes the rock and world go round gold is a correct answer. <laughs> See, I got my zinger in there. That's, that's my one that for the was, show. That, that, that was good, Freddie. We are on to question number three. What term describes when the moon passes between the earth and the sun, blocking out light for all, uh, from the latter? Sorry. I can lock in. Yeah, I can lock in. Okay, so is it a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse? So that's when the moon passes between the earth and the sun. So the... I would assume that would be a lunar eclipse because the lunar is eclipsing the sun. Yeah, I'm going lunar eclipse. Tim. Um, once again, Chris, I think you have it backwards. Um <laughs> Because uh, a lunar eclipse is when the Earth passes between the sun and the moon uh. and therefore blocks you know, any light from the sun onto the moon. Uh, a solar eclipse is when the moon passes between the Earth and the sun. And I proposed to my now wife under the big one back in 2017. Oh, that's awesome. Did you look up at the sky when it happened? Uh, no. <laughs> I know someone that did. It happened right on CNN. Yeah, I remember that, too. <laughs> yeah. Mike, what'd you say? Uh, yeah, say, same thing as Chris, or as, as Tim. Sorry, Chris. Um, the, the, it's named after the thing that's that's being eclipsed, not the thing doing the eclipsing. So oh. it is a solar eclipse. Okay. I've had that question before, and I've gotten it wrong before. So. And I remember that, yes. Second time, third time. Third time will be a charm, I hope. <laughs> All right, Tim, what's our scores going into question four? Uh, Mike and Tim have a perfect 30. Chris has 10. This is boding well. This is boding well. All right. <laughs> question number four. What is the innermost color of the rainbow? Ask the colorblind kid a rainbow's question. This is great. Yeah, that's pretty unfair. I'm going to lock in. I'm locked in. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember. I believe it is based on wavelength and the distance that everything, the distance that the different colors can travel based on their wavelength. And I believe the outermost then is uh, purple or violet, which means the innermost is red. So I'm going to say red. All right. Um, I thought I would have assumed that it might have maybe it went from lightest to darkest or darkest to lightest. I would I said the innermost was actually purple because I knew purple or magenta or some fashion of that was on there so i said purple tim yeah i just went off childhood drawings and said it was violet can we, before i look up the answer can we all agree that purple and violet are the same thing or no if, if it's purple or violet i say you guys both get points yes tim do you disagree uh we can go with it i, I know indigo and violet are technically two different shades of purple yeah they're both two different colors i can't see so but yeah, that's fine. If it's purple, then you can have the points. Uh, the correct answer is violet. So I'll leave okay. it up to you guys if I get the points for that. I think we both said yes. Yeah. All right. I will take it. Thank you for the mercy points. We are moving on to question number five. Without looking down, what is the only vowel not on the top row of a QWERTY keyboard? I can lock I'm in. I'm locked in. I'm trying not to look down, but my webcam is down here, so I'm looking up. Yeah. Uh, I don't okay. even have a keyboard below me, so. 
Right hand, I believe, is I, O, and U. I think they're here. Left hand, I think, is E up top, which would leave A as the left pinky on the home row. So I'm going to go with A. Mike, what'd you say? Uh, yeah, I said A, and that even, that's even if you're including Y. Oh, Tim. Yeah, um, the home row is ASDF, so that's the second row. So That's an easier way to get there. So A is the one that's not there. A is a correct answer. All right, all right. I have got a couple of points now. I'm feeling good, feeling good as we head into our multiple point answer. Time to make up some ground. Yes, it is for me. Here we go. Name the four bones in the human leg. Okay, I think I can lock in. I'll lock in. Okay. Okay. I was just about to lock in as well, so um, I can only come up with three. Uh, I had a little bit of a hard time trying to differentiate the arm bones from the leg bones, but I believe the tibia, the fibia, and the femur. I could not come up with a fourth one. Okay. I came up with four. I couldn't remember if it was tibia or tibula, so I put both of those in there. I did not think of fibula, which I should have. So I have tibula, tibia, I have the femur, and then if this isn't on there, I will argue it because the patella is definitely a bone. It's definitely in the leg. The kneecap. Is that what that kneecap is called? Yes. That, it is. That's fine because one of mine is, I, if we'll give credit for kneecap, I just wrote kneecap. Uh, I also had femur and tibia, and then I just put, for my fourth one, I just put shin. <laughs> oh, I will fight you a little bit on shin because I think I think the tibia is the shin. It might and it might be. I have no idea. I couldn't even remember if the tibia was was arm or leg. So I remember when I, I hyperextended my knee, I had a compressed fracture of my tibia, and I believe that was the front bone of my the front bone. The there. tibia is the shin. Okay. okay, and that's why that's fine. All right, and those were the four things that I could come up with. So, oh, your correct answer. The patella, the femur, the fibula, and the tibia. So I believe that's 15 points for all of us. Uh, uh, yeah. So so that depends, and I'm calling myself out here. I said fibia versus fibula. Oh. Oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that either. I didn't Chris either. said tibula. That's right. Chris said tibula, and you said fibia. That's right. Well, yeah, I said so, tibula and tibia. I said both because I couldn't didn't know what the correct pronunciation for which one it right, was. Right. So you get one of those two, and you get, you know, the the patella and the femur. So you do yeah. get fifteen. Yeah, Chris and I get fifteen, and I uh, Tim. If I guess if you said fibia, you get ten. Yeah. yeah, I am good with that. See, this is how democracy uh, works. Like we should all, all be right. Able to so put our com- heads together. coming out of the yeah. coming out of the multiple answer round, Tim. Uh, has 60, Mike has 55, and Chris not too far behind with 45. I'll take yeah. that. I'll take that. Anyone can. And we are moving on to question number seven. This is your quotations question. So, gentlemen, you have to tell me who said the following quote. Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. Oh my gosh, I've heard this quote too. Yeah, it's bothering me. Yep. I'll go Stamp ahead and lock in. All right, Tim's locked in. Um, 
I've got it between two, and they're drastically different answers, but I will go ahead and lock in as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got I've got several names kicking around my head, and maybe it's just because of the category, but they're all scientists. Um, <laughs> I think I'm probably between Einstein and Stephen Hawking. And honestly, the first name that popped into my head was Stephen Hawking, so that's what I'm going to say. But it might be Einstein, and I'll kick myself if it is. Yeah. Or it might be neither. I'm hoping it's neither. Uh, so this sounds to me like someone who's trying to reassure the public in one in one way, shape, or form, and there's kind of two people that come to mind when that happens. One is Steve Irwin. May he rest in peace. Uh, this didn't sound quite like him. It did sound that, that sounds sound terrible, a little too eloquent for him. I went with Carl Sagan. Mm, good guess. Tim, what'd you have? So I, I ran through a bunch of different names. The first thing that came to mind was, um, I think it was FDR who did the the only thing we have to fear is fear itself speech. Um, yep. And that led me on a road of possibly presidential uh, speeches. And given the science nature of this card, I went with the... Uh, the most president or the, the president who was most sciencey in terms of what he did. And that was JFK. All right. Uh, unfortunately, true to form, no one's getting the points on the quotations question. Yeah. Uh, this particular person has diaries that are not allowed to be read because you will be exposed mm. to dangerous amounts of radiation. This is Marie Curie. Oh, interesting. Okay. Learn something new every day. And I was right. Like, I have heard that before. I just didn't know I attributed yep. it to her. Yep. All right. We are moving on to question number eight. Question number eight is your decades question. A reminder, 10 points for the decade. An additional three points if you get the year exactly. Here's the question. In what decade was Instagram initially released? I will lock in. I will lock in as well. Mike, you can talk it out. Oh, man. All right. I mean, it's it's between two. It's either the late aughts or it's the early tens. Oh, you mean it wasn't the 70s? Darn, well, I'm wrong. Well, I mean, and unless this is one of those, you know, yes, Nintendo has been around since the 1870s because they started as a trading card company type of questions, but I sincerely doubt that. Um, I... And I really don't know which I really don't know which way to go. Like I'm between anywhere between like 2009 and 2012, but I'm leaning earlier. And I think just the fact of this even existing as a question makes me think it's the aughts. And I'm going to say 2009, but that might be overthinking it. Uh, no, I don't think you're overthinking it because I figured it was purchased by Facebook, um, 2014 ish. And it, yeah. needed, it needed to have a pretty good following at that point. And I know some tech startups can go quickly, but I don't feel like Instagram was one. I feel like Instagram was one that kind of baked for a while. I also locked in with 2009. Um, I went a little bit later um, going off of, you know, we, we didn't have smartphones until 2007. Um, oh. Like, I think that was the release of the first iPhone was 2007. Uh, so I said 2011. Yeah, no, that's that's legit. That's a good. That's a really good way of thinking about it. Well, we're all off by one year. So it's 2010. 
It is 2010. Tim gets 10 points. Yep. I'm so glad I chose this card. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are on to our last question in our geek chic portion of the game. Your category is... No, your category, not category. Uh, The question is... A closest to the pin challenge. Freaking seriously. I moved to choose a different question. (laughs) Read the question first and then we'll we'll say. How many elements make up water? How is that closest to the pin? Well, it's... Yeah. Okay. I'm grabbing... Yes, I'm I'm completely fine uh, getting a different question. Yeah. Random question. Moving to number nine on this list. This is a good Unless one. Unless the answer is three because it's technically two parts hydrogen. I was wondering about that, whether it was actually two yeah. or three. but Okay, well, let's get the answer they have here. The answer they have here is two. Okay. Yeah, hydrogen and oxygen. So distinct elements. Yes. Right. Doesn't matter. So, side re- note, did you guys ever see the episode of, uh, what was the name of that? Um, I think it was like bull- just bullshit or something like that where uh, Penn Jillette went to some, some festival or other and he got a bunch of people to sign a petition banning dihydrogen monoxide from... Yes, products. I heard yeah. about it. I thought on a YouTube. Yeah, there, there, there's a, there's an old old website that's like dhmo.org. I don't know if it's still around, but it's all about espousing the dangers of dihydrogen monoxide. You gotta love it. Oh, that's awesome! All right, here is the real question we're gonna go with: How many modern bear species are there? Ooh. Okay, so this one actually has a little bit to it. Yeah, there's some there's some there's some ways to get to it. So uh, I'm just gonna start naming bears. Yogi. All right. I have one. Chicago. That's another fifty or so. Add University of California in there. There's another couple hundred there between all their sports. Yep. Jack Nicholas, the Golden Bear. There's another one. I think our talking is ruining Tim's concentration. Probably. Yep. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead and lock in. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to lock in, too. All right. Uh, Well, I can name six or seven. Um, And despite the myth, drop bears are not one of them. Um, I am going to tack on a few just for good measure, because I'm sure there are plenty that I don't actually know. I'll say a nice even dozen. Um, I was kind of in that same boat. I was able to get to, I think, I think I had at the end of the day one, two, three, four, five, five. And I know that I'm not that smart in it, so I decided to go ahead and multiply that by three and add three. I ended up at 18. Okay. Um, no, that, that's, I think that uh, one of you guys is definitely going to win. I'm definitely the loser here, because I'm I was basically about Tim's boat. I could name about six. Uh, knowing that the koala bear or the drop bear, as Tim said, is not a bear and nor is the panda bear. Um, those, uh, I don't know why we say bear, but they're not bears. Um, and I was able to name about six. I forget exactly which ones I named, but I didn't add as much as Tim did. Uh, I only said eight. This might be a first, but someone got the answer correct. Ooh. The correct answer is eight. Boom! Wow. So 10 points to Mike. 
And now we get to hear Mike brag about that. Oh, it doesn't matter. He's still losing. That's yeah, true. Tim's right. I'm still losing. Tim, what's the score update as we head into the second game? We are. Tim is in the lead at 70. Mike is five points behind with 65. Chris struggled towards the end there and has 45. And at the beginning, he struggled at the beginning too. My middle game is strong. Yeah, that five, that four, five, and six question. Oh yeah, I feel good about you. that. Three, four, five, and six. Those are my meat. That's my that's my happy place. We are moving on into the pop culture round. Hopefully, this is where Chris gets to make up some ground. Question Most number one: What actress played Gertie on Steven Spielberg's E.T.? And yeah, I'm going to go in. I'll lock in. All right, Tim, what'd you say? Oh, well, the only actress I can name from E.T., that's one of those movies I've seen for a long, uh, seen before, but not in a very, very, very long time, uh, was Drew Barrymore. Mike? Well, lest we forget, uh, future Baywatch actress Erica Oleniak was also in E.T., but decidedly did not play Gertie. Uh, Drew Barrymore played Gertie. 100% uh, Drew Barrymore. And I will just confirm that is a correct answer. Ten points for everybody. Question number two. F me in the A. Who directed the original film Psycho? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. You know what that means, right, Chris? We've had this card before. That means we've had this card before. Okay. (laughs) Grabbing a different pop culture card. Let's not one, two, three at this time, though. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I will thank you not to speak about my mother in such a manner. You're, that's Yeah, that's true. Okay, I apologize. Well, Mike, you want to give everybody the answer? Mike, get your one in per cast. Let's go before we switch cards. I think that was it. I mean, I, I don't even know if there's any, there's any more to be said. It was Stanley Hitchcock. Stanley Hitchcock. Alfred Kubrick is your correct answer. Alfred Kubrick, yeah, yeah. All right, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and trash that card. We've obviously already had it before. I don't know how it ended up back in the stack. So are we are we getting rid of, rid of the Drew Barrymore points? Or we are getting rid of the Drew Barrymore points. Those first two well, questions. We don't are no get a free ten points that matter literally not at all. I'm just kidding. Don't make math harder. I'm sorry. Moving on to a completely different pop culture round. Question number one: What are the first names of Simon and Garfunkel? I can lock in. I can lock in. Okay. So, oh, yeah. Isn't. Okay, so I know Garfunkel is art. Um, is it Paul Simon? Yeah, I'm going to lock in with Paul and art. All right. Uh, obviously, I, I know Paul Simon. The only reason I know Art Garfunkel, a shout out to Lauren Carey, is because of Weird Al. Yeah. There is a lyric where he says Art Garfunkel, and that's always stuck in my head. So, yeah, Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel. Mike. Well, I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that wanted to guess Tom and Jerry, uh, which is a throwback to what their uh, recording name was before they started recording as Simon and Garfunkel. But, yes, of course, it's Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel. And those are all correct answers. We are moving on to question number two. In what state did the band Guns N' Roses form? Locked in. Yep, I'll lock in as well. 
Okay. Um, I don't actually know this. Uh, so I am going to say California. Yeah, I actually don't know this either. Um, I didn't want to talk it out because I was going to say something stupid. But they just seem like a California band to me. I actually went with California as well. Mike, what do you have? Uh, I do know this. Uh, one of the bands that contributed to the uh, overall name was L.A. Guns. Uh, when they, there's oh. two different bands, and they, they, their members formed Guns N' Roses. But anyway, yes, California is a correct answer. All right, California. Everyone's getting the points. Nicely done, gentlemen. Are, are we verified? <laughs> yes, we are verified. Okay. <laughs> Question number three. Apparently, we got into the music questions here. What musician is responsible for the lyric, go hard or go home? I'll lock in. All right. Uh, Tim's locked in. I'll, I'll, I'll lock in with an incorrect answer just to make Chris talk it out. Yeah, I, uh, my head goes, this is, uh, this is probably going to be earlier than we think it's going to be. Like, my head, that goes back to, like, uh, eighties, maybe late seventies is like a kind of a hard rock kind of thing, but I think this might actually go back earlier than that. Did this is a artist or band. What musician? Okay, so we're looking for a singular musician. Go hard or go home sounds post Elvis. I'm gonna look for someone that is by themselves. Who would have been a standalone artist back then? Okay. I gotta go I gotta go later. I can think of anyone that really fits in there. Like this could be something as simple as, you know, it was Steven Tyler as a frontman for Aerosmith. But in my head, I'm going, this is going to be an individual performer. It's not going to be that. So I'm trying to think of like individual, like, I don't want to say hard rock, but like independent performers who maybe weren't like as pop centric. I'm going to go Billy Idol, actually. I just, for some reason, that's scratching a nerve in the back of my head. So I'm going to go Billy Idol. Tim. Um, well, the person I chose was somebody who was both known for his band and his solo performance. And I feel like I can hear um, Ozzy Osbourne saying, go hard or go home. All right. And Mike, what did you say? Well, I'm going to be embarrassed if, if it does end up being a rock person, but I my immediate thought was this probably I don't know it, and rock tends to be more in my wheelhouse, and it didn't didn't immediately ring a bell, so I moved away from rock. And for whatever reason, I, I heard Go Hard or Go Home, and it sounded kind of like the rhythm, even though I don't think he says it in this song, it sounded like uh, the, way he, the way he raps the verses of Move Bitch, Get Out the Way. So I said Ludacris. All right, well, none of us are getting the points here, although Mike is actually on the right track. Uh, this is a rapper by the name of E-40. Ah. So okay. uh, out of my wheelhouse for sure. It wasn't in my wheelhouse. That was the one thing I was pretty sure. <laughs> All right, question number four. What film features Mel Gibson as William Wallace? And I will lock in. Locked in. Um, I don't really have anything to talk out. It's Braveheart. Even Jeff Woodhead would know that this is Braveheart. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's Braveheart. Braveheart is a correct answer. All right. We are every moving. man died. Not every man really lives. Also, William Wallace didn't wear a kilt. 
They weren't invented yet. Nope. 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 Pretty sure just ran around the ran around the battlefield balls out. Like you do. Yeah, but they couldn't put that in the movie. That's true. That's true. Never know. It might have done even better at the box office. God. We've spent too much time talking about Mel Gibson so far. We are moving on. Question yes. number five. What writer created the character James Bond? Locked in. I can lock. Yeah, yeah, I can lock in. Uh, Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, isn't the airport in Jamaica named for him? I believe really? that's right. I did not know that. Yeah, I believe it's Ian Fleming International Airport. Ian Fleming is a correct answer. Tim is taking away our trivia questions that we were going to have on our upcoming trivia tournament. I will have to go find that and <laughs> delete it now. So you know the question is there, but you didn't know that that was the case? I, rem- I remember transcribing it. <laughs> I remember moving it over into the folder from other other random facts that I've read, but I, don't, I, I couldn't say for sure. Mm. I think the question is the, 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 uh, the airport in Jamaica is named after what writer? Yeah. I believe that's what the question is, but all right. Got it. Question number six is your multiple part answer. This is where Chris makes up ground. No, or it's not. not. Name the <laughs> actors who played the four Ghostbusters in the original Ghostbusters. Locked in. I will lock in. I hate this question because I am so <laughs> bad at knowing. I might be able to catch Tim. Okay, so obviously I know. Uh, Bill Murray. Um, and all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank on any of the others. I can picture them. And I'm drawing a blank on their actual names. Bill Murray. I keep wanting to say Dan Aykroyd and I know it's not Dan Aykroyd. (laughs) Um, Ernie, what the heck is Ernie's last name? Ernie, this is another one of those movies that I've seen and never revisited. Oh, that's a sin. That's a sin. That's the, that's the 10th command, the 11th commandment. No, that's you. You must. Binge watch Star Wars. Um, Twelfth Commandments. Who are you going to call? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I I can only count to eleven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, token Spinal Tap. Ernie. Never would have thought we'd have a Spinal Tap reference here tonight. Both movies came out the same year. Wait, was it? For some reason, I can't get away from Dan Aykroyd. I don't think. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie. All I can say is Williams, and I know that's not right, and I can't come up with a fourth. Uh, The spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, which you should because it's a really phenomenal freaking movie. It's fantastic. But the end of that movie had me in tears because you got to see Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson and the digitally recreated Harold Ramis in a beautiful scene, a pitch perfect scene. 
that is one of my favorites in the last five years. Those are my four, and I'm sure Mike has the same four. Yeah, uh, yeah, hundred uh, percent. And I'm completely with you. Like I was, I, I wasn't bawling my eyes out, but I definitely was misty at that moment because I I knew the other three were going to show up, and I had no idea they were going to recreate. Uh, and it was it was done so tastefully and so beautifully. Uh, but yeah, uh, Peter Bankman was Bill Murray. Ray Stance was Dan Aykroyd. Egon Spengler was Held Ramis. And I do want to give a brief shout out too to Ernie Hudson as Hudson as Winston Zedmore because uh, my wife last year for my birthday got me a cameo from Ernie Hudson. Oh, that's cool! In full Ghostbusters gear, he did a fantastic job. Uh, it was it was wonderful. I mean, it was it was just so good. It was it was um, it was just amazing. It was really really cool. Uh, so, but yes, those those were my four. Uh, those were my all time favorite movies. So, I think Ernie Hudson was supposed to be at a con here. I think he was supposed to come to MegaCon in twenty twenty, and that got canceled due to COVID. So, at some point, I will hopefully get to meet the man. But uh, have you guys ever heard the story of him and his uh, his take with Star uh, Star Wars? There you go. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. I've, I've re- I mean, I've definitely read some some things, yeah. Like that was it, it was supposed to be like a really meaty role, and it just kept getting cut down and cut down until it it is yep. what it kind of turned out to be. Yeah. Um, Annie Potts, Rick Moranis is phenomenal in that as well. Who can forget Sigourney Weaver? Phenomenal movie. We are moving on. Tim, what's our scores heading into the final half of the game? Well, we finally have a lead change uh, because I don't know uh, Ernie Hudson or couldn't come up with Harold Ramis. Mike has a lead with 125, Tim in second with 120, and Chris with 105. All right, I'm only down 20. I can take that. We've we've determined Tim needs to revisit Ghostbusters. I need to revisit a lot of movies. I just don't have the time. I I completely understand, believe me. I need to visit a lot of movies for the first time, and I don't have the time. So I'm right there with you. That too. Here we go. Question number seven is a quotations question. Here we go. Give them pleasure, the same pleasure they have when they wake up from a nightmare. Who said that? Ooh. I'll lock in with a wrong answer. I'm going to lock in. Okay, that leads down to me. I've got it down to two. Um, obviously, the nightmare angle, if this is a clue, leads you to Wes Craven. Uh, nightmare on Elm Street, all of them. Uh, it's what he's best known for, creating Freddy Krueger. The other one that's in my head, though, is Stephen King, just because his catalog is huge and a lot of his writings are based on nightmares um, and whatever drugs he was ingesting at the time. He was writing his 13 stories at once. And I don't know which one's the better answer. They both kind of fit. I'm going to end up going with Stephen King just because I feel like he's more quoted than, than Wes Craven ever was. He's more vocal. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going Stephen King. Mike, what'd you have? Stephen King is a great answer, and I feel ashamed that I that I didn't come up with it because I'm actually just now – I was never I never got into Stephen King, but I've been getting into him more recently, and I'm just now finally uh, working my way through the Dark Tower series. That's a great answer. I went with your other choice. Your 100% nightmare led me to Wes Craven, and that's what I locked in with. And Tim? Um, I, I was in that same vein. Horror isn't really my thing. Um, I briefly de- uh, debated like a, a Sam Raimi, um, type situation, but, uh, I ended up locking in cause I couldn't tell you who had directed, uh, nightmare on Elm street. Horror is not my thing. Um, 
but I ended up with the man who is featured as a guest vocal on Can You Feel the Love Tonight, uh, Robert Englund. Ah. Ooh, Freddie himself. Yeah. So none of us are getting the points, although, Mike, you and I probably should have. It is the classic maker, the director behind such classics as Psycho and the Birds, <laughs> Alfred freaking Hitchcock. Twice. Yeah. Two in one episode. Oh my, oh, my goodness. So wait, wait, just to clarify, it was Hitchcock, not Kubrick? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, and my that's your one per cast. Two. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I got now. myself with the first one. He didn't actually make the joke. That's yeah. That's actually that's a, that's a fair point, man. It's like he knew it was going to come back around at the end of the episode, and he wanted to save it. All yeah. right. I was kind of hoping I was going to use it to make up points. I got to make up some points here quick. So here we go. Question number eight: In what decade was Saturday Night Live created? Locked in. Yeah, I'll lock in as well. All right. So. It is 1975. All right, Mike, what'd you say? It's 100% 1975. I want to say October. Okay. I knew it was mid-70s, so I had locked in 75. So let's see. (laughs) Separation point. 1975 is a correct answer. So we all get, what, 13 there? We all get 13 points. Tim, we are under our last question. What's our scores? All right. Mike has 138. Tim has 133. And Chris has 118. So Chris cannot win. So either I let Mike win by getting the question right, or I get the question wrong and let you two figure it out on your own. I'm still going to go try and get this question right. Hell yeah. No, you got to do it for pride. <laughs> you don't know me that well, sir. I don't have any. <laughs> That's true. All right, here is your closest to the pin challenge. How old was Elvis Presley when he died? And I will go ahead and lock in. I will lock in as well. Okay. Um, So I'm trying to figure. He died in 77. uh, And I want to say he broke on the scene in the mid-50s, or early to mid-50s. So he was probably in his early 20s at that time. Uh, I... I, for whatever reason, I had I, I'm pegging him in like the er, the. I figure he broke like 53, 54 time frame, maybe fifty five. Um, maybe it was a little later, but I'm gonna put him at born in nineteen thirty three, so I'm gonna say forty four years old. I pegged him a little bit older, actually. I had him at forty eight. Um, I did think he, I did think, I don't think he broke earlier, but I think he was older than that when he did break. So, Tim, what'd you say? For some reason, I went younger, and I said, and I, and I, I see the fault in my logic here, but I said thirty-three. Yeah, I, I knew this was. It was after he had like he, he his star had waned, that he he yep. came back and he had this really big comeback. Um, let's see who gets the points. Mike, what'd you say? Forty-four. Mike gets the points. He was forty-two years old. I almost, I actually almost said 42 and I just, I couldn't think he was, I didn't think he was quite that young, but okay. Now, Mike, you are the winner tonight. Tim, give us our final scores. Well, Mike finished with 148, Tim with 133 and Chris in the rear with 118. You know what? There are worse things to be than finishing last on a trivia podcast. I will take it. I will take it. 
Hey, win, win or lose, we still booze and we still have fun, right? Win or lose, we still booze. We have a new slogan, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's so original. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for your for your participation tonight. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. Five-star rating, write us a review. But we're going to go ahead and sign off because my cold medicine is kicking in for the Pub Trivia Experience. I have been Chris. I've been Tim. And I've been Mike. And we will see you next week. Have yourselves a good one.